All right, Calvin, welcome to the show. Welcome to the fourth edition of the new segment, uh, MMA Headlines for the Real Quick Mike Swick podcast. You were on the top of my list to get on here because we had such great conversation and you're so insightful. So welcome and uh, thank you for taking the time to do the show. Thanks for having me back on, Mike. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great, man. We've had you on and uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, it, it's, you're, you're, a, you're a regular now. The only thing missing is a trip to Thailand so we could do it in person sometime. Yeah, come in the studio, man. So how's everything going? Um, how you been doing and uh, are, are you still training or, or focusing on uh, your, your teammates fight coming up? Yeah, more so the focus is with Rob, This, uh, you know, where we are right now. But uh, I'm excited to get back. I've been training, and uh, and it's it's tough pulling back. That's, like, the hardest part. But, you know, after that last one, it was rough. Got to give yourself some time to heal up and, uh, and put in a good camp for the next one. So uh, I'm just excited to be back. But really, uh, it, it's Rob's show now, man. Main event, May 22nd, Cody Garbrandt. That's a hell of a fight, and uh, I'm excited. I wanted to ask you about that anyway, so I might as well ask you now. Uh, how's that going to go? Um, how, how is Rob looking during his fight camp, and, and how motivated is he? It's a big fight. Um, where do you think Cody's going to be for this fight? Where do you think Rob's going to be, and what is your prediction without giving too much strategy away? I mean, just uh, I don't think, you know, from what I see, I just, I've always known, um, you know, how how good of a fighter Rob Farn is, you know, and, and that's not, that's just, you know, talent, not to mention how hard working the kid is, you know, right. there's no denying his work ethic. Um, you, know, you spend, spend a day or a week with the kid and you'll see what I'm talking about. He just, he's in the gym 24 seven. He eats, sleeps, breathes the fight game. And um, I don't know how, you know, he found a way to improve through the injury. You know, he's just, yeah. he, he, he was studying. He had his, um, you know, the, his mental game was on point throughout that whole injury. He came back like he didn't skip a beat. Like he improved through the injury without even, uh, you know, training. It was incredible. So, yeah, I think he's ready, man, for this opportunity. Main event, it's a you know long overdue, I think, for him to get his first main event. The kid's, you know, ultra talented, ultra tough, exciting, you know, always going out looking for the finish. And that's exactly what Cody is, you know, so it's going to make for a hell of a fight. But I just think that. Rob's just got more tools, you know. I just think he's got way more, uh, you know, in the toolbox to finish the fight. And you, you'll see, you'll see on uh, May twenty second, you know, I, I believe the best rough Rob Font to step in the octagon. So is that your prediction that he's going to get a finish and, and, and finish Cody? I don't know how he doesn't. You know, like except uh, you know, obviously Cody's got that 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 speed, and uh, you know he's got that fight under, and, and maybe both hands. You know, he's a tough tough fighter for sure. Just um, you know, I just think Rob's been waiting for this moment for a long time. It's long overdue, and I just don't see him going out and um, you know falling short of capitalizing on a big moment. And I think Cody's had these in the past, and um, I don't know if he's run into a hungrier fighter than you know Rob Font that he's got coming up. Yeah, and that makes a different dynamic. And I've known Cody for a while. He's been an in-studio guest, actually, and he's been on the podcast. Um, you know, he's came and trained with me in Thailand here. Um, so, obviously, I like Cody. Um, and then I had Rob Fawn on, and, and I like him a lot. He's super humble, super nice guy, great fighter. Um, this is the, the interesting dynamic that I love to watch because you got a guy in Cody Garbrandt who's a veteran, you know, who's been there, who's fought the toughest and, and who's kind of already been at the top and fought the best guys. Yep. And the question is, is he, is he, um, you know, the difference of him fighting this fight mentally versus someone like Rob Font, who's trying to get where he was and, and where he is. It's interesting. It makes, yeah. it's an interesting dynamic because yeah. you never know what you're going to get. And sometimes you can get a very hungry up and comer who can put on a hell of a fight better than some of the fights that maybe Cody had at the top, you know, at, at, when, when he was fighting at, at the best. 
Um, and not to say Rob isn't a, one of the best, but I'm just saying he's coming up. So I love these fights with this dynamic where you get this kind of veteran versus this up and comer who's very hungry, works hard, um, nice guy, humble guy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that dynamic specifically. And um, I don't think it's a question of how Rob Font's going to show up in my mind. You know, I just, but I question, you know, Cody in that comeback, but he's not too far off. You know, it'd be different if he was a couple, uh, you know, numbers further down the line. He's right. still in the mix. So, you know, I definitely think he's going to be a hungry uh, come stepping in there. He, he's not too far down the chopping block, you know, but um, fighters maybe a little lower ranked. They might, it might affect them a little bit more differently, but. I think you're going to have both guys excited about the opportunity to go out and be maybe one fight away from a title fight. You know, I, I bet you they'll all be jockeying for it, depending on how that fight goes. If someone gets a big finish uh, and the other one's a little bit lackluster, you know, you could see maybe these guys steal the front runner spot for uh, for the title. So it's an exciting fight for sure. And both guys uh, always look for the finish and going for the kill. So uh, it's going to make for a great fight. Yeah, and Cody's fast. Uh, we know that. But the thing is, also going into this fight, another uh, dynamic that's interesting is, you know, Rob Font has watched Cody so many times. And Cody isn't one to change his game up that much, right? So he's yep. he's pretty much Cody. So it's like Rob Font has kind of a, a you know, a blueprint of what Cody is, how he wins fights, how he fights, um, how he reacts. So that's interesting as well. You know, Cody can't possibly have as much information uh, about Rob as Rob has about Cody, which could come into play in various ways uh, in the fight as well. So just overall, I'm very excited about the fight. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. Yeah, it's one thing having the blueprint. It's another thing going out and getting the job done. Yep. But I think Rob Fawn is more than capable. He's overdue. And I think he, go, he goes out and capitalizes. Man, I'm excited just, you know, as a teammate, seeing how long he's, you know, what he's been through to get this moment. Uh, I'm just excited for him to have this opportunity in front of him and uh, couldn't happen to a more deserving fighter, in my opinion. That's awesome, man. Well, we'll get to some headlines here. Uh, the biggest news, I think, right now is Connor. You know, obviously, it's always Connor. Everything he does is huge news. Um, but it's yeah. interesting, and I want to get into this a little bit because I've done some research, um, and I have a little bit of insight on this. Um, but Connor basically got publicly smeared by Poirier. And, and, you know, here's the funny thing is, you know, Connor's got to understand. You know, Connor hasn't played by the rules ever when it comes to talking bad about people. So, you know, I, you know, hats off to, to Dustin for using that and 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 uh, doing what he can. He obviously really got under Connor's skin. I don't think he's faking it. And Connor went from "I'm going to beat your ass" to "F you." I'm not even going to give you the fight anymore, so that you can go back to your old contract. So you can tell it's real. You can tell that it's like, yeah, it may it may create a build up to a fight. But it is real. Connor is pissed off that, you know, he was supposed to donate this money and Dustin's saying he hasn't done it. And, and Connor doesn't like that because Connor's the money guy and, and he likes to show that, yep. that he's, you know, he's charitable and this, that and the other. Uh, another interesting thing on just my perspective before I get yours uh, is that, you know, Connor changed again. You know, we saw Connor be Mr. Classy in his last fight and, and be over the top Mr. Nice Guy. And it took like one second to go back to like hillbilly. A piece of shit like you know what i mean yeah. like he lost his class in a matter of like a second yeah it's crazy how fast that can happen huh yeah <laughs> i hope that no matter how you know how how rich famous you know good i become this that that i never lose that grip or that reality or someone could get that out of me and just that that quick you know but um you know we're all dealing with different things for him uh that's yeah that it almost it, it played it played well for the you know for the second Friday against the nice guy. It was all right for, you know, it was something different. We hadn't seen it in a while. And we had so much hatred in the Khabib fight. You kind of, you know, whatever. You don't mind seeing some, you know, respect, um, you know, in the fight game. It's it's what it was brought up on, I think, originally. And But if for some reason, man, you could just tell that, that all that, 
uh, was bullshit, I think, in the second fight. Yeah. Uh, it didn't last long, and all it took was a couple comments to really get under the skin. It's like everybody's a nice guy when you're winning, but you come on after a knockout, and then they come at you again. It's a little different, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's very easy to be a nice guy when things are good. Uh, but when you catch the wrong side of a knockout, and then all of a sudden someone attacks a character over a donation, but what else is the guy going to do? You know, I'm not so familiar with the the ins and outs of the team sending what they were going to do. Uh, you know, of course, I respect Connor for his opinion on, uh, you know, wanting to see where the money's going to go. You're, you're spending 500000 you want to know. But, uh, but that, that's where I'm, you know, I don't know, I don't know the details so much. But, uh, yeah, credit, I would have said the same shit if I was Dustin. Like, listen, man, you're talking, uh, let alone, I'm the type of guy myself that, if I'm going to do something like that or make donations, I try to genuinely not go public about things like that. Yeah, you know, it's not exactly. like something I care to like announce if it gets out, whatever. Or, but I mean, even I did even like a speech the other day talking to some kids and they wanted to get like a newspaper guy there. I'm like, I don't want any publicity from talking to some kids. That's not why I'm doing it. You know, if you, if maybe if it helps promote your school and things like that, okay, great. But uh, everyone's built differently like that. Um, I, I try not to judge the, the biggest thing is that they're all donating, right? Whether they're the loudmouth or not, as long as they're donating, it's good cause. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of weird how it all went down. And it's funny because if you really don't like guys, he's really pissing you off. It's like he's pissing you off to the point so much that you don't want to fight him because you don't want to give him the payday. How funny is that dynamic? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. He can do that, though. And, and you know, he's upset. Yeah. And you, you know what? Again, you know, I'm bagging on Connor a little bit for going back to the non-classy Connor and stuff like that. But I will say this. Um, I had a 501c3. I just didn't have time to pursue it. Um, and, and I will say there is a lot of fraud in these foundations. And the foundation, now, now yeah. this is all opinionated. I, I did some research and I looked up uh, Dustin's uh, foundation. So this is all opinionated. Don't quote me on, on this, everybody. But um, this is my best opinion of what's going on here from my experience with a 501c3 um, doing uh, donations and, and working with foundations and all this type of thing. Um, and this isn't saying anything about Dustin because I don't know how he runs his company, but this is the situation. The situation is he, he formed a foundation that is usually like a lot of times uh, formed to scam kind of, if that makes sense. And the reason I, the reason I say that is, you know, Connor could donate to a foundation that specifically builds water wells for children or specifically feeds children or whatever else. And all they do every day is feed children. And then they, they publicize how much percentage of the actual money they take in goes to feeding children. And then how much goes to uh, salaries and expenses and, and stuff like that. It could be any amount, but there's no policing the 501c3, so they can do whatever they want. The, one, the way that okay. Dustin did it is kind of the shady way, though I'm not saying Dustin's shady in any way, um, but it, what happens is it's when you decided to create a foundation so that you can start giving away to, um, to many different foundations of your choosing, not any specific one, and you don't list who you're gonna give them to, you just decide to do as you will, um, and then you're giving away other people's money. So, so you're taking in donations, then you're giving the money. So you're getting all the credit. Like for instance, the good fight would be getting all the credit for, you know, when you go to their website, they've donated to, you know, food banks, they've donated to feed uh, the hungry, they've donated to police officers that, that had an issue, one of the police officers that had an issue. They've donated to so many different foundations. But at the end of the day, Dustin Poirier being the president, he chooses where that money goes. 
Um, and if he gets $500,000 from Connor, that money just goes into an account tax-free and Dustin has a choice of where he's going to spend that money. And there's no way he can possibly know right now where that money is going to go because it's a lot of money. He's yep. not going to give one foundation 500000 It's probably going to be on, over the yeah. course of a year or two years. So he couldn't have possibly told Connor where that money's going. Um, and in that mm -hmm. situation, it, it does say on the page for uh, the good fight, the, no, none of the money goes to salaries or to pay for the employees. It all goes to the, um, the, 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 the movement and, and donating and all that. But that doesn't say there's not expenses. And, and where, where people in the past that are celebrities or high-profile people have got away with uh, benefiting from companies like this where they have all the power to donate to whoever they want and nobody can police them, whether they want to use however much in expenses is like, for instance, say they want to donate to the Rescue Rhino Project in Africa, right? So say, not Dustin, I'm not gonna, I mean, again, this is nothing against Dustin or his company, this is all speculation, but say I had the foundation and I wanna go to Africa and have like a two week vacation in Africa and, and see some awesome animals and take my uh, you know, staff and, and, and have fun and, and go visit all these crazy animals in Africa and do some cool stuff and, and look good yeah. and get publicity for donating to the Rescue Rhino Project. I would be taking other people's money traveling to Africa, expensing the entire trip out, I could still not take a salary and not pay my staff, but yet we could fly uh, on a private jet or we could fly first class to Africa, go on safaris, do anything that we can associate as being a part of this whole giving money to the Rescue Rhino Project. Then we could donate 25,000 to the project or 50,000 and do some photos. And that's still all legit. There's no policing it. There's no one that's going to say, oh, you shouldn't have flown, uh, flow, flown private. You shouldn't have uh, went first class. You shouldn't have done stuff. So in the past, this is where people have really uh, took advantage of the expense side of, of these, these uh, foundations. And also, uh, you know, I don't know how much money Dustin's put in, but he is taking a lot of donations, which means a lot of the donations that Dustin Poirier's company is actually giving is has been given to him. It's so he's getting kind of credit for money that's been taken in. So if Connor gives him five hundred thousand okay. for the next two years, he's going to look like a saint, donating all this money to all these organizations and getting all these hookups and getting all this publicity, and it's all Connor's money. So you have you have to understand on on that regard, Connor would have to be worried about where that money is going, and Dustin can't possibly tell him because it's just too much money. Yeah, no, that's interesting points you brought up. I wasn't aware of most of those things either, but. Yeah, I guess it just comes down to, you know, the guy's integrity. You know, you say, and then <laughs> Dustin's, you know, if you're going to donate that type of money. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, you, when you go public on it, man. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just at some point, you know, you can't blame the guy for doing his due diligence after, due diligence on a $500,000 donation. Right. But, uh, yeah, just, I tell you what, all this is going to make for a hell of a fight should they step in the octagon. You know, it's just going to add to, uh, you know, more, more, more views, more clicks, more eyes on the fight, if it even happens. But we'll see at this point. Uh, you know, Connor's retired already. He does a lot in the media. He plays the, with the media, man. As someone had said, like, almost like the Kardashians, you know. Yeah. And I could see it. Like, he, he knows how to manipulate the media in his favor. Uh, and, and, you know, you... you it's just going to make for a hell of a fight, man. Both these guys, I mean, get them off the social media, get them in the octagon, what they do best, right? 
I think it was a low but, blow uh, on Dustin's part. On Dustin's part, um, I do I do agree with that. But you know, if they do fight, I would much rather see an angry Connor this time instead of a nice Connor. I didn't from from the start. I knew it wasn't going to be good, and I don't know if it was it was an insecurity mm-hmm. that Connor may have thought he was going to lose and and or not show up as well and fight as good, and he kind of didn't want to look as bad, so he didn't want to like trash him too much. But it just looked not good yep. from the beginning because it wasn't Connor, you know, and he was too nice, and it just it wasn't as interesting of a build up and a fight as it could have been. So this might lead to a better fight, but if it doesn't lead to the fight and he does punish him by not giving him the fight, um, who would you like to see him fight, and who do you think he should fight? The first one that comes to my mind is Justin Gaethje, but but who would you like to see? Because everybody's going for the fight right now. I mean, like literally the entire division, including Chandler, yeah. who already has a fight schedule. To your argument, too, I mean, you never go wrong keeping it authentic, right? And I just felt like you said that that didn't seem that authentic. He was kind of playing off how he, he already put so much hate out there in the Khabib fight. Maybe he was just trying to change his way and whatnot. You never know who's in his ear, too. you got got probably a million people in his ear. He, I don't know, but it didn't seem... Uh, like authentic you know yeah. and, and a couple uh, verbal jabs later and, and, and he's back so, yeah he's back <laughs> uh, as far as who he would like who i'd like to see him fight well we already got what chandler and Oliveira in that weight class right well chandler's already said that he wants to fight him after the the Oliveira fight but i mean he's not going to wait for that um the only person no. available yeah. right now completely available and who would be a hell of an interesting fight on the feet would be justin gagey and justin technically gagey. just yeah. made an announcement that he's waiting for a good fight and then this is happening. So it's almost perfect. Everyone else is kind of booked up. So to me, that, that's the vote that, I, that I, I'm going to throw in there, you know, because I think that would be a hell of a violent fight. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, what's Gagey coming off? Is he coming off Khabib or is he, did he fight against since then? Um, I'm, unless I'm completely unaware and oblivious right now, the Khabib fight was the last fight. Yeah, I want to say it was Khabib, right? That, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm 90% case, sure. All the more reason why that fight needs to happen. Definitely. I mean, you got uh, you got Chandler already fighting all of there. That's a hell of a fight. That's a great fight. I mean, uh, it's tough to say Chandler, you know, taking that spot one fight. But you can't. It's he he performed, you know, flying colors. So uh, it's tough to argue. But uh, just it's it's weird how that works out sometimes. You know, a division can be kind of locked up depending on who's available, what's going on, and who gets that shot. You know, it's it's weird how that works out sometimes. But uh, you know, specifically even in in my weight class right now, you got guys in the top five who haven't fought in you know how long, and then uh, just how it all plays out. It's kind of you know just what this what's the situation like at that moment, you know, and, and right now, like you're saying, yeah, G- Gage, you make a ton of sense, but it just don't sit right. Having uh Fourier on the sideline. Yeah, that's, that's true. The belt now, Cause he would have probably took that belt fight if he didn't get the corner. Fight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's a tough, weird, weird how it plays out, but I wonder what Dana thinks. And got and, and, and could be was Gage's last fight. I can't believe I didn't just know that off the top of my head, but he would have had to had a, had a very low key fight if he did have one, because I obviously watch every Gage fight. I'm a big fan of his. So um, he yep. has been sitting Same. out since Habib. So it depends on where he's at right now. Usman's fighting like a week, right? So, I mean, he's got to be there. You see him in the gym with like uh, on social media, I guess for him, you know, maybe he's not too far off, put some together, you know, and, and at the end of the day, he's taking a lot, probably worse short, short order fights for a lot less money. I'm yeah. sure he, sign up for that on any given moment you know a lot of people who wouldn't you know and and it's it's funny it's it's how do you not manipulate that when you got that type of power connor just does what he wants you can't blame him 
Yeah, and, and then I think also if I was Poirier, I would still be pushing for the fight. Who doesn't want the Connor fight, obviously, especially after just knocking him out? I would go the route of like, you know, what happened a long time ago doesn't matter. You know, what happens right now or what happened recently was I knocked you out. I put you to sleep. Now, I, I would start attacking him in that regard because we know Connor has an ego. And if he's a little upset about this, this whole right. donation thing, if you just kind of get away from that, if I was Poirier, get away from that and just get on, on, on the fact that, you know, I, he just knocked him out. He embarrassed him. He ended his career. Yep. Of, course, of course, you're scared. You have an excuse now because of this donation thing. Now you're trying to back out of the fight. He's got to hit him that way. If he, if he does that, then he can he can drag this fight back in and, and, and still get it, I think. And I think then we can have a real fight where we see Connor talking shit and 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 then we can see Poirier you know obviously if it affects him and and that would be a more realistic second or not second but a rematch not rematch but it's trilogy match but it'd be a more realistic uh yep. fight if it wasn't angry you know pissed off Connor versus uh, a Poirier having to deal with that like it was the first fight instead of Mr. Nice Guy where Poirier's confidence had to been through the roof in that fight or just do a straight power move if you're Poirier and call out Gage and just yeah. bypass Connor and leave Connor yeah. dust now because who the hell is he gonna fight? Yeah, right? he has no one. So, like, All right, whatever. You know, you, know, you you call the shots with your higher rank, almost in a sense. I mean, given Dane ain't gonna listen to that. He wants the money, but I mean, straight power move, just call out Gage. It, it, the last guy to fight could be, you know, that'd be like the real title fight. They almost wouldn't even respect the Chandler Oliveira, even though they're both well deserving. Right. They would think more with. You know, poor year, you know, that would be the real champ. Who knows? Make your own storyline. Yeah, it's tough going to the tune of somebody else, man, to beat somebody else. But when when you got that, um, you know, it's hard not to flex it like Connor's doing. But all makes for great fights. You know, headlines, definitely. We're talking about it. So And it would be it would be punishment too, because like the, the problem was is is Connor's been inactive. So if if Poirier yep. causes him to be inactive longer, especially coming off of a loss, it's 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 gonna hurt him. He needs to stay active. He needs yeah. to get back in there fast 100%. or quit fighting one of the two. And he wants to keep fighting. So you know it would hurt him as well to have to sit on the sidelines for another few months um, or longer to to wait for another big fight. And and there's only so many out there available. Hundred percent. All right, guys, who's ready to save 20% and get free shipping on the best below-the-waist grooming products on the market? I'm talking about Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick and Mike Swick podcast. And now you can save 20%, get free shipping by using code QUICK at checkout, Q-U-I-C-K, my nickname, uh, at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and now they are available in Europe, Canada, and Australia. So all over the world, you can order Manscaped. Uh, take advantage of this special. Support the podcast. Support your boy. Keep us going strong. It's a win-win for everyone. Thank you, guys. Uh, the Ben Asker and Jake Paul fight. I mean, uh, I just did a video last night, and it's getting a ton of views. Um, my take on that. I love doing these videos where the title was Ben, how, uh, why Ben Askren will be Jake Paul. And like when I'm so confident with the title, everybody has to watch it. But I always put myself out there because if I'm wrong, I'm going to get trashed when this fight's over with. And, and I always do it with the underdog. Always. You're going to get trashed on that if you get lost. But, but I see him winning the fight. Yeah, I respect that. I love a good underdog. What, what do you think? How, how do you think it's going to go? It's tough, man. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, don't, I, I can't hate on either guy. They're both, it's, what a win-win. You're, you're fighting either, if you're Jake Paul, you're fighting Ben Askren for multi-million dollars after knocking on an NBA guy, you know? Yeah. And if you're Ben Askren, you're fighting a YouTube guy who just knocked out a basketball player, you get paid multi-millions. You just lost to Jorge Masvidal from a flying knee, you know? It's like, yeah. who are these guys, you know? It, it, but credit to them. I'm not a hater, man. You're making millions of dollars and uh, off a, 
half of a fight, like Connor says, you know, boxing is half of a fight, big ass gloves. Askren's used to a lot worse than some uh, whatever they are, 10, 12 ounce gloves. Who knows what the hell they are? But, um, you know, some, a boxing match, they're getting paid multi million dollars. So credit to both of them for the, for the level of fight that that is, for the amount of money they're getting. Big upside. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say it's. It's tough, man. You got to ask him, how do you know, how do you not root for him if you're an MMA guy, right? You got to hope he does it. But even if he does, it's like we're going to discredit this shit out of him anywhere to say you beat up Ben Askren. You know, he's not a stand-up guy. Yeah. Uh, but if Ben Askren, it's, it's kind of a win-win and a lose-lose for both guys. Because yeah. you're going to win a bunch of money for fighting nobody. But if once you win, you also won against nobody. So you're expecting this big hoorah, and they're just going to probably hit them both on – uh, at the finish line anyway, you know, they're just going to talk some shit no matter who wins. But, uh, yeah, a lot of high stakes. Uh, what is it? Like, uh, like their reputations are both just yeah. song. Oh, this is a reputation fight. You know, they, they're both getting paid. But from what I'm seeing, some of the highlights, man, that kid, Jake Paul, looks like he's throwing some heat. Uh, it'd be interesting the first couple of rounds. I bet you if it, how many rounds is it, by the way? So it's eight rounds, 10 know? ounce gloves, and, and the weight limit's 200 pounds. And so Ben's going to be bigger. 200 pounds, man. Ben's going to, th I think Jake okay. Paul's around 185 or 89. I don't think he's over 190. So I think J uh, Ben will be a little bit bigger. And this is where it comes into play for me because, you know, Ben's a smart fighter who's an Olympian who's found a way to win against Definitely. some of the toughest guys in the world. He's not going to go in there and swing wild like these other guys and leave no. his chin open. And he's also got 10-ounce gloves to cover up and protect himself. And, and I don't think Jake Paul can punch through a 10-ounce glove and knock out Ben Askren, if, if not even knock him out with the 10-ounce glove with no, with no glove in the way. Um, you yep. know, he's never been knocked out with a glove. And so, you know, I think that the smart game plan would be to, uh, you know, keep his hands up and, and, and kill those first two rounds off and not try and do anything crazy and let Jake Paul kind of punch himself out and then just close yep. the distance with this wrestling footwork, which is amazing. He gets in on guys all the time and then clinch the yep. shit out of Jake Paul and dirty box him and just wear him down. Because let me ask your opinion on this, uh, your professional opinion, because my take is in boxing it's happened it hasn't really because boxers get built up too they fight a lot of scrubs many famous 100%. boxers fight a lot of scrubs to get to the top yeah. um but in mma especially like you especially in the beginning when you when you have your first fights um the hardest part is digging deep when you get tired and until you experience getting yeah. tired during a fight having to dig deep and going through that True you can't overcome it and get better for the rest of your career. And Jake Paul hasn't experienced that yet. And I think this might be the fight where he gets pushed to that point where he's tired, maybe panicky. And then what's going to happen at that point? I don't see how a guy who's never had to push through it in a fight before is going to just, you know, have complete composure and fight like a pro for eight rounds. And, and you know what I mean? I just, I, I imagine he's probably going to get tired and panic. Yeah, to your point, like I believe Teddy Atlas said the same thing about Mike Tyson, right? Like he he ain't really been in more than three fights in his career because he just mauls everybody, right? You know, and it's kind of to, the, to your point, like it, when have you felt resistance and how to push through that? It's tough to deal with. I felt a lot my last fight. I know I can feel yeah. resistance, man. I'm always gonna be there to the last belt. That's one thing I've been aware of in my. my career you know how bad I wanted, and you know so maybe Jake's got him in the gym because he looks like he's putting in some good gym wars. That'll do it. That won't do it all, but that'll give you a little taste. But there's nothing like that when you feel the pressure of the camera and, and, and have to rebound after, you know, blowing your load in that first or a couple rounds, you know, and just getting that adrenaline dump. There's nothing like that while having yep. to continue to perform. <laughs> but, um, that, yeah, I would say 
that's a smart game plan if that's what uh, Askren's looking to do. I would say definitely try to tie him up, wear out his arms, take some of the damage. I think it'll be exciting for the first couple of rounds. I definitely think, though, like to your point, later on the fight, I don't know if these guys are built for 10, not even asking is used to 10 rounds, you know, so, or eight to 10 rounds, however many that's going to be. It's, it's going to be up there. So the last couple of rounds, if it gets that far, I could imagine, I could see it being a little sloppy to be honest, but, but, uh, yeah, Askren's found a way to win. He's a winner, right? He find, he finds ways to win. Uh, a little different rule set, skill set. It'd be interesting, man. I don't want to just knock the Jake Paul kid because, you know, he's definitely motivated, highly motivated. He talks a lot. They both talked a lot of shit. So, you know, they're putting in the work. Uh, it, it'll make for it'll make for a fun fight, man. Like, I, I watched the last one. It was funny watching, uh, you know, as bad, as bad as it was seeing the basketball player get knocked out. It's, it's entertainment, man. It's just 2021, the fight game. And uh, I don't even want to tell you what I got paid to fight Max Holloway, but <laughs> I would have took, you know, the money that these guys are getting to fight, Ben Askren and Jake Paul. Uh, yeah, I can't discredit them for making money off off a half of a fight, like I said. But uh, that's all it is, I think, is pure entertainment and something to talk about. But they're definitely getting the eyes on it. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's tough to pick one in that, man. I, I just... I, I joke around and say I want like a double knockout, as, as a, but that's just me being bitter about the money they're getting paid. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, they're still going to get that money if they get double knocked out. They're just going to have a little. Yeah, they still and, get paid. They're both laughing to the bank. And Jake, Jake's going to take it worse, man. I mean, you got to think about it like this. Yeah. Ben Askren was retired at home with his family, just had surgery, yeah. not thinking about fighting. So at the end of the day, he's just going to go home with extra money and he's probably not going to care or think about this fight ever again. It's not like he's going to get beat up by 20 million of his followers on every time he making every time he makes a post or whatever. So, and everyone knows he's not a superior striker. So it's not like he's going to go out there and not look good. And people's going to make fun of him. They know it's going to be that way. And, and I think that's what could be embarrassing for Jake Paul is if he gets tired and runs out of cardio and say rounds three or four, uh, he could have a very sloppy beatdown where he's kind of like covering up, panicking, maybe running, and lose by TKO or lose by decision by a guy who's just chasing him down, beating him. And, and Ben doesn't need the cardio. He's got the mindset to push through even if he does run out yep. of cardio, even if he isn't in shape 100%. for eight rounds. 100%. Yeah, he, he's got that built. That even if the cardio he knows how to push on the gas when there's no gas left, 100%. And that could pay dividends in the fight. It, it probably will, but... Good point on that as far as Asker not needing it. He's coming out of retirement. He's going to be a winner no matter what with the money. No, no one expects him to win. If he goes out and even has a half-good performance, you know, uh, then credit to him, you know. And, and, and like you're saying, if, if Jake Paul, who's actually trying to build a career out of this, loses, well, you know, you could forget about that probably. Aside from the circus views who he would fight next. I Back to know. YouTube. I think the, the hype chain would have to stop, right? Right. I mean, who would he fight next? Back to gamers. And no one would really. <laughs> Back to yeah. gamers. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is with Jake Paul, like you got to understand too the pressure, like not only do you always feel pressure, like up throughout my entire career, when I've had the big fights, like the number one contender fights or whatever, I still felt the pressure as seasoned as I was, as many fights as I had. Now, whether it cost me to lose the fight or win the fight still or whatever the case, I had to dig deep because the pressure of being in a big fight against a big opponent on the big stage does weigh on you. And then when you see these videos of Jake Paul and he's like with his friends and he's so excited when he looks at the TV and sees his picture and Snoop Dogg's out there and he's going to be there. He's so excited that he's going to be on this fight card and it's going to be so big and he's going to be the main event. That's going to translate to pressure during the fight. Like right now yeah. it's cool and it seems awesome like it was when I was having these big fights or, or, or bigger fights. Mm -hmm. But when you get out there, and especially if, if things start not going your way, 
it turns into pressure. And I think the press conference showed that. And me and Anthony Smith had a great conversation about that, which Chel Sonnen did an entire segment about. Um, but it, it was to the point of, uh, you know, Ben Askren was so comfortable being at this level. This is, no, this is nothing for him. He was at the sure. Olympics. This is another day for him. So he's not going to have that extra pressure. And at the press conference, I think he won with flying colors as far as looking comfortable, composed. Jake Paul looked very uncomfortable. And then the, the face, to, I mean, the, the palm to the face, uh, two, two yeah. points, two points in this. And in the video I just posted, I only listed one point, and that was, I'm not a street fighter, and I'm repeating myself if you watch this video, but I'm not a street fighter. I'm not trying to get in fights or, or fight outside the, the octagon or, or the ring. But if somebody threw their hand in my face and shoved my face back, I assure you, the last thing I would do is slap them on the ass. Like, that's 100%. Oh that would be God. the last thing. And Jake Paul panicked. He didn't know what to do. And, and you know, it wasn't like he couldn't. He, could, he was afraid to touch Ben Askren because of the rules or because there could be a fine. Yeah. He touched him, but he touched him on the ass, which, you know, I know Jake's new to sports, but that usually means good job, you know. That, and so it's like that, that wasn't yeah. a real big comeback in that regard. And then to flip it, Ben Askren put his hand in Jake's face, shoved it, and, and knew Jake wasn't going to do anything, and then just walked away. That's confidence. Like, he owned Jake Paul because he knew that he wasn't going to do shit, and he did it anyway, showed no care. No, you know, I would be a little bit nervous, especially like someone like crazy like Jake Paul, and there's nobody around to break it up, that if I put my hand in his face and shoved it, I might get punched, or, or, or I might get tackled, or I might get pushed and go off balance and fall down and be embarrassed. Ben didn't give a yep. shit, and, and it happened exactly no. how Ben thought because Jake didn't do anything about it. And I think that kind of ownage is what's going to take over in the fight when Jake gets into a position where he's a little bit uncomfortable and confused and might not know what to do. Yeah, it's weird how little moments like that can magnify in a fighter or that little seed he planted psychologically and how that builds. And that's kind of what you got with, with Poirier and, and uh, McGregor in, in, in a small sense, too, not to jump topics. But, you know, these guys are just doing psychological warfare however they can. It's not just when the you know when they lock up in the cage, especially when you're, you get a long tour of trying to promote the event. But it, it's very interesting that they push his face and he turned around because now he's putting – logan in a situation where if you hit somebody's not facing him, it's kind of like you sucker punched him right yeah he just muffed his face which i do love a good face muff right yeah. but if that ever happens to me the last thing i'm gonna do like you said slap him in the ass or hit him with a weird body i don't know what that was but i'm definitely gonna get lose the opportunity to fight this guy or he's not gonna be able to fight after the shot i gave him after that no yeah. one's ever muffing my face like that and getting away with it especially if no one's around to stop me I mean, he chased him down to, to slap him in the ass. Then he stopped dead in his tracks and started talking trash, but not continuing to follow Ben. So it was a, it was a very weird, weird uh, situation that yeah. showed a lot of confusion and, and, and a lot of like uh, holding himself back for not because he was uh, scared, but because he just didn't. I, I, maybe he was. I don't know. It just, it just showed, I think it showed a lot. No, he's not. Like, generally speaking, a fighter. You do that to a fighter, they're gonna fight you. Yeah, gonna, you're gonna be in a fight. Like it's a fight. But if, if there's guys, there's a difference. I mean, I was trying to say it too. It's like you train MMA, but I don't necessarily say that like you're a fighter. You know, or like you could say they can push through that resistance. It takes a different type of breed. Some of these guys are really good at at, at training the sport, and they're and they're talented. But I wouldn't. I would. I don't know if I call them maybe a fighter at heart. You know, it's different. And I think, yeah, you might have caught a glimpse of that. You know, maybe he was a good kid. Maybe he never been in no street fights. Maybe he's only been in, in, in the uh, octagon of the rings and things like that where it's been, you know, it's a little different, man. And, and not to discredit that. You don't have to be some hard guy to come out of, the, you know, the streets to be to make him fight game. That's right. definitely not what it is. But 
Um, it, it tells a story. It definitely does. And the last thing, like you're saying, I would ever do after getting uh, my face muffed is go up and have verbal exchange after a physical altercation. You know what I'm saying? It's like I reciprocate uh, the level that these guys take you at. So if you want to get physical, it's going to be physical. You want to keep it verbal. Maybe I'll entertain. I'll keep it verbal. Maybe jab back you, but mostly I'm saving all your words for the fight. You know, mostly that's like Bill Belichick says. We keep the locker room material to ourselves, ideally. But it's tough, man. We try to promote a fight, a big fight. You know, at the end of the day, the more shit you talk, the bigger that bottom dollar is going to be. And I try not to discredit the guys and go out and, and make these bold predictions and talk that smack and and do their part to sell a fight, knowing that they're selling out in a sense. Like these guys that. You could tell it's disingenuous. It's not authentic. But at the end of the day, it's selling the fight. So knowing what they're doing, it's, you know, you, you kind of try to give them a pass, knowing it's part of the game and, and they're getting paid out of it. But I, I always prefer to try to keep it real, authentic. And that's just that's just the way I'll always keep it, man. I don't know. So with, with situations like that, I definitely can't um, level with them. You know, I, I try to call it for what it is. And as, real quick, one last point I want to get your opinion on. Um, what is your what is your opinion on the difference of boxing footwork and wrestling footwork? I heard Ben Askren say that he got something like 48 of 50 takedowns in his career when you look at all of his fights. That's incredible. Um, in my opinion, it's a lot harder to get you know, in on somebody without them seeing you than, than, like I said, boxing footwork. So how do you think that comes into play considering in, in wrestling you have to almost go chest to chest and, and almost kiss somebody on the face without them seeing you, without them knowing you're coming to get that takedown? And, and Ben is an expert at that. How do you think that's going to play into this fight, even though it's not boxing footwork, but yet he can move good, he can judge movement, um, he can go to places where you don't expect him to be, and he can get there without, without uh, seeing him get there. How do you think that's going to translate in this fight against someone like Jake Paul, who's inexperienced? Yeah, angles are angles, right? And, and you find that they transition a lot through the sports, uh, you know, fighting or not. But, uh, you know, he, he knows how to capitalize off a good angle. This the, the circumference radius where he's going to be trying to close now is a little further away. But I mean, that being said, um, you know he he was able to duck under Masvidal's punches. He he timed the jab the shot real well. <laughs> he just uh, you know they he can't throw flying knees and boxing. So uh, I don't think he'll have a too tough of a time if he does choose to sell out and just bend at the hips. You know, duck underneath the the heavy shots of, uh, of Paul, but the footwork. Yeah. Like you're saying, he knows how to move. He's, he's elusive with the movement. Um, now we just have to figure out how to capitalize off it with strikes instead of takedowns, but angles are angles. Yeah. All right. Well, so, so no prediction from you. So you're going to go political on me and, uh, I hate to do that. You what know, about I a guess? I want to stick my, I want to stick my neck on the line. So all these people could chop my head off too. I usually only do it for the betting website. So they ask me to make a pick and even then I get roasted. I've only gone one for one. I don't know if I've ever gone two or no. I'll stick my neck out on the line. Not based on, on friendship, not based on experience of knowing the guys, not based yeah. on their reputation, not based on anything except a gut feeling only. What do you think you're going to see at the end of the fight when they announce the winner? Like, just, just what is a, your gut feeling? That's all. All right. So not sticking with Askren because he's a mixed martial artist. Um, man... I do. There's two parts of me, man. I always say when, when you, whenever I make a prediction about a fight, I, I like to say one of two ways. If Askren can, yeah, cut off those angles, small, make it a dirty boxing fight, favors him. And okay. then if uh, if Paul could leave it on the outside distance and land those heavy shots, when Askren sometimes closing that distance, it's a war zone. So if Askren, I mean, if if Paul can make it ugly on on him closing that distance before he gets into initiating that clinch, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a rough day for him as well. But uh, 
We can leave it at that if you want. That's fine. We can leave it at that. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, and it's possible, you know. It's, it's... Yeah, but I, I'll stick my neck a lot. I, honestly, and I don't want to say and I, this makes me disgusted. I haven't even gave a prediction on it. And, and But I guess I would say, as bad as that is, man, I think that Jake, this kid Jake Paul might actually do it. And I agree with you that, that Ashton's a winner and he finds a way to win. Um, it's just a different different rule set. And I think this kid's really going all in. Kind of like you said, I think my mindset on it is leaning towards the trajectory, right? You, you said like the veteran on his way out or the guy yep. on his way in. Absolutely. And, and I think like with the Rob and Garbrandt, you know, I, I feel like uh, Ashton's too far down that line where he's kind of been comfortable for a while. I don't know how much that competitive edge he has left. You saw it. He doesn't care. He's smushing his face. He's not pressured. Sometimes that can bite you in the ass if you don't feel that pressure. And, um, you know, I think Jake Paul, even though he's going to maybe fight scared, a scared fighter sometimes dangerous. He's feeling all the pressure. He's training hard. Maybe I, I would lean towards him getting it done. And, uh, and then just seeing that circus act go on a little longer and who he fights next, man, that yeah. money train. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if I if it went the other way. I might yeah. be happy. No, I agree. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And to be honest with you, I mean, you're you're going with what every other site's going with. Everyone has Jake Paul as a favorite for a reason, and and that's because you know how dangerous of a of a fighter he is. And you know, I said it was cowardice what he what he's doing because he did pick an MMA fighter who had the least amount of boxing experience, who was retired, yep. who's coming off hip yep. replacement surgery, who isn't thinking about fighting. So you know, yep. for those exact reasons. It's very likely he possibly could get that punch because he's fighting a very uh, a guy that's very, you know, uh, weak move. unready yeah, to get in there and fight. He wasn't expecting to fight. So the smallest guy in the group. Yeah, you call him the, the smallest guy. You, you, it's possible. Where's the respect in that? But smart, smart, but a cowardice. I agree with you, man. Um, but I, I try not to sound like a bitter hater, you know. Over here, like these guys are getting paid, man. Credit to both of them. Um, I wish I was getting paid, paid that amount to fight that caliber of an opponent. But credit to both them to find themselves in that opportunity. You know, uh, they did what they had to do to get it. Now, uh, let's just hope it all goes off without a hitch. I don't think it should be any weight-making issues at 200 pounds. Man, Ben Askren must be loving that. He doesn't have to cut weight. He's making 10 times the amount for half of a fight. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to make another prediction that's very bold right now, and it's very specific. But here's what I'm going to predict after the fight. If you're if, if what happens that you say is correct and Jake Paul wins and I'm not saying it's not impossible it's very it's very possible Jake Paul could win this fight I'm not bagging on him here's what I think is going to happen with the whole let, let, let's summarize the whole headline show if Jake Paul wins this fight his confidence is going to be through the roof that he can beat anybody now the one person that he wants to fight uh, that's a big fight that's now available and both guys can make an enormous amount of money is Conor okay. McGregor. Conor McGregor say. might be watching this fight, and if somehow Jake Paul flatlines Ben Askren, he oh, could oh. sell this fight enough to possibly make this fight happen, which could, Crazy. it could be that, I, would, I mean, I'd watch it, you know, whether, I, I mean, I know Conor would win in my opinion, but I would watch the hell out of the fight, and if Jake Paul goes out there and looks like a beast, like a, a Mike Tyson type crazy beast that just unleashes punch after punch after punch for two rounds and knocks out Ben Askren, it could it could happen. So I'm going to make another kind of bold prediction that maybe Connor's watching this fight and thinking about he made a hell of a lot more money in boxing than he did in MMA, and this might be another another shot of boxing. And if he does get the win, I'll even make a bolder prediction. I'll root for his ass against Connor. Yeah. <laughs> at go. that point, good for you, man. You spoke it into existence. The stars aligned, and somehow you went from fighting an NBA player to an ex-fighter, uh, you know, who didn't have the best stand-up to now Connor McGregor, you know, Credit to you, man. Uh, so, 
Yeah, it'll be exciting, man. What's the line on that, by the way? It's uh, he, uh, it's, you know, it's not like a huge. Uh, he's not a huge underdog, but it's like, it's like uh, I think it's like negative one thirty, positive one thirty-five, or something like that. It, it's not. Okay. It's not yeah. crazy. It's not crazy. All right, all right. Well, and I might be we'll wrong. To, it depends. We'll have to catch up post fight. I'm gonna shoot you a message post fight for sure. I'm gonna figure out who wins this one. But uh, how, how long until that one kicks off? What's the date on it? Saturday. Know? It's gonna be this Saturday. This Saturday? Yeah. Oh man, I'm tuning in. Yeah. All right. Cool. I got nothing going. I'm ready. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here. AKA Thailand is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. And then the last thing really fast, just because this news just broke like this morning when I woke up, um, Nganu and Tyson Fury's going back and forth wanting to fight. So to switch things up a little bit between a YouTuber and an actual fighter who's retired and, and has an MMA experience, Nganu versus a fighter that's a boxer, sorry, a boxer of that caliber, do you think, do you think Nganu, even with that big crazy power, has the cardio to fight a guy like Tyson Fury? I mean, that's... That's a little different scenario, I think, you know, and he's they're both That's wanting a hell this of a fight. fight. That one I'm excited about, though. That's a hell of a fight. I'd watch you it. You got some heavyweights crossing boundaries there of a, of a, you know, MMA versus boxing. That's like a real deal fight. I like that. That gets my attention. And both guys are high level at what they do. But, it, you know, I always try to compare boxing and, and, and mixed martial arts to like sprinting and marathon running. They're yeah. both running sport of running you know but they're just a little different you know yeah. it's, it's not the same same sport but that being said i mean either one of those guys uh, i would say more so naganu could put anybody in the world down and fury you know might just take him a little while longer to pick him apart get the defense down and then put him away but what a hell of a fight that is man i would love to see that one and i hope uh, i hope he does put away joshua uh, fury puts away joshua just to build that fight because what what a fight that would be uh, and, and honestly, about the Naganu and, and Jones, make that happen already. Both guys yeah, are willing. I want to see that, you know, too. Not oftentimes you have guys that are down to fight, willing to fight, hate to lose a fight over money. Like Figure it out, make it happen, and, and let the fight happen in their primes. You know, the fans deserve it. The, the fighters want it. John Jones, arguably the best fighter, you know, to ever compete. And to say he's scared is crazy, man. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's just not even on the radar. These guys... It, different breeds, you know, and, and but I'm excited to see all those matchups. And it's great to have a heavyweight in the game because that's the pinnacle of fighting and, and most, you know, uh, common, uh, you know, fans is is the heavyweights, right? They want to see the the, the heavyweight battle. And, and it's nice that we got uh, a, a guy in, uh, in the running to go compete against the Fury. We got a Naganu. So yeah. I'd love to see it. And imagine this. Imagine if, like, uh, they get this fight done with Jones and Naganu. And then Tyson Fury, say, say he beats Joshua, 
and Ngannou beats yep. John Jones, and you got two of the heavyweight kings of the world fighting each other, that would be a huge freaking match, man. I mean, that, that would be a gigantic match between two styles. Bigger than McGregor Floyd, I bet. It could be big. And the, the one thing, I, I will agree with you on the whole point of like being similar as far as like a marathon and a race, but I think the difference being and why I think Ngannou is going to have a hard time beating someone like Tyson Fury is boxers are very specific and they got a very limited style, which means if they've had a lot of experience in, their, in, in boxing and they're at the top and they're champions, they've spent so much time on such a, a, a small uh, number of moves, they're even more experts at that at, at those moves versus an MMA fighter has to has to know so many moves. There's still MMA fighters like like Ben Askren, who's one of the best in the world, who's not a good striker by any means. There's yeah, there's wrestlers yeah. that aren't good strikers. There's strikers that are not good wrestlers, and they're still doing good. And then there's well-rounded guys that are decent at, at everything. But in boxing, it's hard to beat a good boxer. You know what I mean? Have, like have, at his own game. Right. Yeah, it's a half fight, man. It's different, you know. Like you're saying, you get to you only focus on the hands. It's I, sometimes I think I, I wish I got on the box, and you only have to worry about the stand up. But you know, <laughs> left, those right, guys, they're very efficient with their movement. You know, the how they throw their punch, it's very powerful, and they 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 don't exert a lot of energy to make it that powerful. You see Nagano when he throws power, it's not so much organic. Oh, it's it's. It's 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 uh not so much efficient, you know. It's definitely organic. It's coming, yeah. And it's coming from it sometimes. It really impressed me how he was very patient that last fight. He's continuing the building, uh, but yeah, I think I think Fury definitely, you know, he, he finds a way how to deal with that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out Nagano. You know, he's got great coaches around him, great training partners. The guys, you know, uh, committed to the game. Obviously, he's training, making improvements every fight. He's like a new fighter, so. Who knows by the time they actually step in there, you know, because the way the boxing world works, they push these fights back forever. So he'll have a lot of time to prepare. And uh, I'd be interested in watching that matchup for sure. That that would definitely get my attention. I'd be very excited for that bout. And if he does put – Fury takes out Joshua and Nagano takes out Jones, I definitely think, like you're saying, you have a mega fight on your hands that is bigger than, uh, I, I would say, Mayweather and McGregor. And it doesn't even need the hype with the shit talk because the skills and, and, and the size – We'll do. We'll, we'll we'll draw the numbers and eyes itself. You know. I agree. It'd be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I agree, man. And and Calvin, thank you so much for taking the time out, man. This has been an awesome conversation. Even at five in the morning, waking up for me because usually I go to bed close to five a.m. But uh, it's been fantastic, man. I love talking to you. I love having you on the podcast. Likewise. And it's I love my new segment, man. I'm not trying to be biased here, but I love talking about the headlines with 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 guests like yourself because I think everybody has such great insight, and you had such good input. Um, and so, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and doing one of these segments with me. And and I look forward to having you back on again in the future. Likewise, man. Appreciate you having me on again. Always good to talk to you. And like I said, man, I look forward to coming out there and doing one of these in person sometime when this COVID goes down a little bit more. I'm, I was about to say, I'm holding you to it, man. We're getting you out here to Thailand when this quarantine I'm and pandemic's it. over. I, once Rob Font takes out, uh, hopefully, you know, Cody, and, and we got a little limbo maybe at some point, uh, one of these times I'm going to sneak out there and we'll get some get some great training, man. I'm looking forward to seeing Thailand. Uh, you're the man I got to – Go see it, man. I'm excited. But always good talking to you, Mike. I appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you next time. Yes, sir.